Welcome to the internet, live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah. This is the Redline Podcast. I'm your host, Obama Soda Dunstan, and these are my co-hosts, Kyle Holland and Alex Fielder. Today, it's all about New Orleans' extensive historic streetcar network. How did it manage to survive the 1960s, and what does the future look like? All this after the news. The MTA announced yesterday that Grand Central Madison, the Long Island Railroad's new concourse under Grand Central Station, will open to trains for the first time on January 25th, running a limited shuttle between Grand Central and Jamaica Station until LIRR schedules can be adjusted later in the year. The project represents a quantum leap forward in the fight to build true regional rail for the New York City metro and is bound to be exciting for the many Long Island commuters whose daily rides to work it will shorten. Okay, I know Grand Central is already absolutely massive, and I really don't know how Metro North manages to use all of those tracks, but did they, they just... They don't. Oh. They just decided that they were going to waste money and build a, a, ne- a new concourse for so Long Island Railroad instead of digging. just changing. They just mined this out under Grand Central? Yeah. Just straight up? Uh-huh. New York City. New like. York City has really <laughs> good geography for tunneling. Or geology. Interesting. <laughs> Doesn't London have, like, nice clay or something? Yep. Good old, good old London clay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some places Caps heat perfectly, but it's good for tunneling. <laughs> New York City happens to have really good like soil and rock for tunneling, despite being and then somehow manages the to be the most expensive place to and build. It's also on the coast and doesn't seem to have like huge water table issues. Yeah, so that's good. Um, in other news, the Pittsburgh T appears to be following the example of its big brother in Boston, as light rail service was suspended for nearly an hour on January 20th after a small fire appeared under the Panhandle Bridge. The cause of said fire is still unclear, but as it resulted in no damage, this news bulletin was included mostly to have an excuse to make fun of the MBTA. Please clap. Thank you. So, the question is, qu'est-ce que un Nouveau Orleans? What is, what is a New Orleans? Where is a New Orleans? This is marginally funny because it's in French. And because New Orleans <laughs> was a French city at one point. Whoa, this is a high-quality bit I'm amused. He, he's being mean to me. See, he's I'm actually slapping. amused. So yeah, you should be. It was funny. Slap noise. Oh, got, got me there. Yeah. yeah. We slapped him twice. Uh-huh. Um, so it's kind of a unique city in America. It's known for the you know Creole culture, the French Quarter, jazz, Mardi Gras, barbecue. You know, kind of like the cultural center of the South, in a way. Cool. It is one of the great American cities, I would say. Like, if I were to make a list of like, you know, American cities everybody should visit, you got obviously like New York, Boston, Philly, etc., Chicago, uh, not LA. Screw you. Uh, <laughs> that was a joke. LA would be on that list. Uh, San Francisco, Salt Lake, no, <laughs> um, and 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 New Orleans, and maybe like Atlanta or something. So like you know, it's kind of on the the unique American cities list. It's also on the list of cities where climate crisis is gonna completely obliterate. Blah 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 blah. Rest in peace. Yep. Yeah, it's um like I think the second lowest major city in the United States. Oops. Other that than Miami. Sounds right to me. <laughs> because Miami's like literally, you know, on the beach, so time to start building a wall. 
<laughs> Build a wall. Make New Orleans not sink into the ocean. Huge. <laughs> Etc. So, yeah. Uh, interesting city. Um, History of New Orleans. L'histoire de Nouveau Orleans. Ja, historia. C'est oui, n'est-ce pas, ja. That's German. Um, New Orleans was the second city hey. in the United States to adopt, <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. to adopt streetcar service, only being beat out by New York City, with the St. Charles Line beginning operation in 1835. How early is that on, like, the timeline of, like, the invention of trains and, like, industrialization? Well, like they said, it was the second street railway in the country, and I believe in the world as well, but I couldn't verify that. When did we finish the Transcontinental Railroad? After this. Okay, S- then. Like, significantly. Go New Orleans. Yes. Um, the original trains were pulled by steam locomotives, but these were replaced by horse cars after a Confederate. Everyone boo, please. Boo. General bought out the railway operating the line. Boo. After the Civil War. Wait, chose to have it driven by horses? Well, what? and the reason for this is kind of interesting because originally it was actually a suburban line, like it was a commuter railway yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. went from New Orleans to the suburbs, but by the time he bought it out, it was like urbanized the along the whole line, so it, they turned it into a streetcar instead. Oh, okay. As should happen on any transit line. Yes. Basically. Cool. <laughs> and did they switch to horses just because horses put their pollution in little packets on they the ground are, instead of the air? And they don't, you know... Woo! <laughs> 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 You know, they don't make as much noise. Battery electric They just go, nee, nee, nee. Oh, wait. They just go, nay. Which is an objectively pleasant sound. <laughs> Should have been like one of those sound people on the radio in the yeah, 1930s. You're really good at the fall, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, an interesting post-Civil War side note. New Orleans streetcars were desegregated from 1867 to 1902, following a massive set of protests and riots after a man named William Nichols was forced out of a whites-only streetcar. Again, very well ahead of the curve. Good on them. (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) The advent of the 20th century and the precursors to the horrific Jim Crow regime would bring an end to desegregated streetcars in the city in 1902, after the state of New Orleans passed a law forcing segregation on the streetcars. It was an unpopular decision at the time, if you would believe it. Uh, wow. Whistle the Confederate anthem here. <laughs> yeah. So, that was unfortunate. Um, and oh. it wouldn't be until 1958 when uh, everything was desegregated again. Whether it wanted to be or not. Yeah. That is, that's really Well, actually, in New Orleans, it was done willingly. Oh, wow. Go New Orleans. So, Sounds like New Orleans has always like been... More willingly, I should say, than, <laughs> than the rest of the country. So... Yeah. I say good on them. That is that is a good thing. I do yeah. wish that, you know, they hadn't backslid for, you know, 56-odd years. But, you know, it's a thing. Yeah. Streetcars continued to expand throughout New Orleans over the course of the 19th and early 20th centuries, operated by a variety of companies. Electrification began in 1893 on the Carlton Line soon followed by the rest of the lines. Since this I'm was betting that's the Carrollton line. Carrollton. 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 All right, since this was such early technology, um, how did they go about electrifying? <laughs> well, so, so from, like, you know, the point we were talking about when the streetcar was taken over by, you know, horse car man. Because they're... And, and the point of electrification, like, you know, 40 years later... 
They tried a lot of interesting things. For example, um, cable cars. So okay. established technology. The cable right? goes in the ground and you like grab onto it. Right. Okay. They try to do that overhead because New Orleans Base. water table is too low or too high for them to put anything underground. Okay. Basically a gondola on steel wheels. So it like it was like above in the street and it would like run like a ski lift up <laughs> along the whole street hauling the the cars. Yeah, that doesn't seem like it would work too well. Well, that it didn't. That's right. why it didn't. <laughs> uh, they tried, like, ammonia engines. You can burn that, right? I guess. Okay. That didn't work out. And then they, you know, briefly on several lines were like, let's do the chk-chk-chk-chk-chk-woot-woot train, uh, steam trains again. So, um, yeah, but then they were like, oh, this is stupid. Let's just put electricity in it. As, you know, electric motors mature, it's like a thing that you can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Still not as cool as, was it San Francisco with, like, the massive underground cable system and, like, the big powerhouses with engines that pulled cables around the whole city? We still have those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, and they have a new one in the Oakland-BART connection as well. The Oakland <laughs> a airport. new one. The <laughs> Oakland airport has a BART connection, and it's called, like, the Beige Line or something, but it's just two stops, and it's just, like, a cable gadget bond thing. That that shuttles between Bart and the airport. What's made it? Well, um, it's a cable, so probably. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, kind of special. Yeah. <laughs> Trademark. Good for them. Um. Yeah. So that's a weird, fun side note. Um. Consolidation also began during this time, and by 1905, New Orleans Railway and Light Company was operating all the streetcars in the city. Along with consolidation came labor disputes. Every separate streetcar operator. And, you know, this is the typical, like, American streetcar balkanization where we have, like, you know, the 4th South Railway, the 6th South Railway, the 8th South Railway, the 9th South Railway, <laughs> and the 23rd South Railway. Neck like, and we neck have, competition. And they're all different companies, and they all have different labor contracts with their, <laughs> with their employees. Uh, Doesn't sound so bad. I mean, I look, mean. I mean, the unions were probably very powerful because it was like three guys and they could just beat up their boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying we should bring that back, but we should bring, we should that, bring back. that back. Yeah. Uh, like we have, you know, the nine, the ninth South bus operations company incorporated <laughs> and it runs exclusively. It runs nine. a bus every two minutes and it makes boatloads of money and everybody rides it because it's so cool. And if the operators don't get long enough of a break, they just like, you know, go on strike, run over their boss. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, um, the consolidators are like, okay, well we're one company now instead of like, you know, 80. So, what we should do is we're going to standardize operations and we're going to standardize pay and benefits. And have, you know, like the efficiencies of a large organization. Right. And then, you know, the unions being based were like, how about no? <laughs> and We want this and we want that. And we go on strike in 1902, 1920, and 1929, <laughs> which is the most famous... Uh, it enjoyed super broad popular support from the public. <laughs> <laughs> Streetcar workers were asking for better pay. There were riots, and the strike formed the mis- mythical origin of the po'boy sandwich. It's like you know meant to be like poor boy, but in like a Creole accent, so po'boy. I, I'm I'm so sorry, um, at, because supportive civilians would give sandwiches to the strikers <laughs> on baguettes, and that's what a that's what a po'boy sandwich is. Incredibly and so, based. That's where that was invented, and um, yeah. 
Goodness. This makes me think, so, think of um, transit strikes, where the transit workers keep running the service but, but refuse, refuse to, to collect fares. fares. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Fare strikes are probably the best kind of strike. Yeah. They're, they're for everybody's <laughs> happy except the big bosses. Well, mission accomplished. And like, you know, the transit system five years down the line if they don't resolve the issue. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, TFL, better. when they have fair strikes, is a serious issue because like they're reaping the consequences of a fair strike a while ago right now. Yeah, well, may- maybe they'll learn to um, fix it faster. Interesting concept. So, Alex, what happened with these streetcars later on? Well, like most American cities, the rise of the automobile brought immense change to the city of New Orleans. The first buses were introduced in 1924, and the bus That's a real word, okay? (laughs) Just because Grammarly says it's not a thing... Oh, it does. Bustitution, it's a thing. Well, the bustitution of routes (laughs) continued to uh, progress through the first half of the 20th century, especially as transit became less profitable. Because somebody else pays for the roads, trademark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by the early 1950s, only four streetcar lines were left. The South Clairebonne line, (laughs) (laughs) the the Napoleon line, the Canal line, (laughs) and the St. Charles line. Yeah, I mean um, that's that's pretty good for the 1950s having four entire functioning lines. I know, um, but this didn't last very long. Uh, the Napoleon Line and South Clairborn Line were bustituted no. in 1958, and the last cars ran on the Canal Line in 1964. 1964. That's that's pretty late. That's about the same as that St. Orleans or St. Orleans St. Louis streetcar. The 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 the, 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 the M. Started with an M. Uh, We discussed this last episode. I don't remember. Look it up, Kyle. (laughs) This is so copyrighted, we cannot do that. (laughs) (laughs) Doing, doing. You're completely wrong. What was it? The last streetcar was the number 15 Hoitiamont. Oh, Hoitiamont, okay. Um, yeah, so about the same year as the Hoitiamont line <coughs> was discontinued. Um, but Kyle, we've only mentioned three streetcar lines being discontinued. What happened with the last one? I don't know. Uh, oh, yes, I do, actually. Uh, the St. <laughs> Charles line was destined for a different fate. As one of the strongest ridership lines, it had survived into the 1970s, and locals had been fighting to keep it running for years. In 1973, the NIMBYs decided to be based (laughs) and got the St. Charles Streetcar Line listed on the National Register of Historic Places, preventing a shutdown and allowing it to become the longest continually operated street railway in the world, a title it still holds today. Wow, go NIMBYs. I know. So, I love abusing the Register of Historic Things for good. Well... It was good then, maybe. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, you know, naturally, transit was not profitable anymore, as Alex, you know, would be greatly surprised to learn. <gasps> Whoa, this this has never happened Thank ever. you for the appreciative <laughs> gasp. I appreciate it. Okay, so we're in the, quote, modern era, close quote. What yeah, well, New then? Orleans did their RTA a lot later than most people. Like, most people got theirs in, like, the 70s. Like, UTA got theirs yep. in the 70s. TriMet, 70s. You know, like, even the, the MBTA was earlier than that. But, like, New Orleans got their RTA in 1983 after years of faltering privately operated transit service. Uh, 
and this appeared to be a new dawn for rail transit in New Orleans as only five years later, in 1988, the Riverfront Line was open for business. A hey. new streetcar line. Like, brand new? New tracks? New everything? New tracks. Same Same vehicles? streetcar? New Orleans uh, refuses to use modern light rail vehicles and operates all of their lines as historic lines. Because the cars look old? It's not just that. They use trolley poles. Oh. And, like, Is that know, actually, like, They're not all wheelchair accessible. Ah, uh, yes, historic. But is anyway. It, <laughs> is this to be the cute and quaint? Or yes. Because it definitely wouldn't be cheap, would it? No, it's probably <laughs> significantly more expensive than operating modern vehicles. You can't just go order the part on the <laughs> manufacturer's website. You have to find a blacksmith. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, not even kidding. Like, <laughs> the RTA <laughs> has their own blacksmiths to fix the green cars, which are the ones that run on the St. Charles line and are like 150 years old. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. So they've got the... <laughs> what are they going to have their apprentices start building entirely new heritage streetcars using 150-year-old techniques. Not, not really a possibility. Hey, if they want it to be. They can't afford that. That would be like, t- like, like a normal light rail vehicle is like $3 million a pop. <laughs> that would probably be like, I don't know, $10, $20 million for a brand new <laughs> heritage streetcar. Yeah, car. but it looked pretty and it'd be hard to maintain. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, it'd be easy to maintain because you'd have the guy who built it there. Yeah. Um, So expansion continued. Uh, In 2004, the canal line, which was closed exactly 40 years earlier, was rehabilitated and has service restored. Awesome. Same deal? Same line. Okay. That they had closed. Same old cars. Same cars. Same, wow. Probably the same cars. Probably some new copper. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And then in 2013, a new line was opened on Loyola Avenue, the most recent expansion of the system. This was an all-new line. So new-new. New-new, but still using Heritage Streetcars. Ah, of course, because <laughs> we couldn't just buy new vehicles. Yes, and then um, off the top of your head, what would you guess was a significant event in New Orleans, Louisiana in the year 2006? Does it involve the ocean? It does involve the ocean, warm. Does it start with a K? Mm. Uh, of course, the answer is Hurricane Katrina, one of the most devastating hurricanes in America until like two years ago because climate change. Um, <laughs> and so it, you know, it just smashed right into New Orleans and yep. had a really devastating effect. And you know, the city still hasn't entirely recovered from it. It was just oh. so bad, like 143 billion dollars worth of damage. Oof. Like billion with a B. With a B. Well, it's like one year's worth of highway spending. <laughs> Not even. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was it was bad. And the streetcars also had a bad time. Like, um, all of the red cars, which are, like, the newer historic cars, <laughs> were basically destroyed, had to be rebuilt at a cost of $1 million apiece. Rest the green cars survived because they were in, like, this fancy sealed barn designed to stop <laughs> hurricanes because they're 150 years old. They're like a moving museum. You, gotta, <laughs> you, gotta, you literally can't replace them. You, they are irreplaceable in, like, th- every sense of the word. Cool. Um, so they survived along with wow. one red car that happened to be in that shop for maintenance. I seriously question this running a museum on your transit line. Um, and then, yeah, uh, like half the catenaries, or not catenaries, <laughs> trolley, trolley lines, <laughs> trolley wires were you know, taken out. technologically superior to And so, yeah, the St. Charles line was out of service for like a year and a half until 2009, and the rest of the system didn't like fully recover until 2011. So it was it was a bad time for streetcars. 
Yeah. Especially since they had to, you know, rebuild every streetcar because they were all broken. And the streets, too. And the things and, on and, them. And, and, and the houses and the trees and... Yeah. The sewage systems. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Sounds like a brand new city. I mean... Yeah, like I said, uh, New Orleans has never fully recovered from Hurricane Katrina to this day. Like, it was just very bad, and the Bush administration didn't do enough to help. Mm. <gasps> and neither did the Obama administration, which could have, you know, assisted a couple years later. <gasps> I know. So, that brings us to today. The good old... 2020s, the era wow. of progress and progress transit. and uh, climate change. Did and I get a look at a map on our not a slide? Uh, <laughs> if you couldn't hear that, I was muttering under my breath. Where is the? Th I had a map, but it's gone. Okay, I closed I'll it by accident. Norda, Norda. New Orleans Rapid Transit. Hey, at least you can pronounce it. Norta. The new. Oh wait, map. here it is. I have a map. So there are currently five lines in operation: the St. Charles Line, which is the oldest and I think the longest; the Loyola Rampart Line, which is the newest and the second shortest; the Riverfront Line, which is the shortest; and then the Canal Street and like the Canal Street Line has two branches: one is red, one is green. Neither one is very long. All right. Mm. That's what they got. They run, like, five-minute frequencies at peak times sometimes. Um, per line? Um, I can look on the transit app if you want, but that's um, what it said, said on a website that I read. You're such a royale, however. So, St. Charles line, it looks like, is running on 15-minute to 12-minute headways, mostly. Uh, nice. All New Orleans streetcar lines run overnight, which is really? nice. Or, or at least the St. Charles line. Is that does. legal? Yeah, they run overnight. There are 24-7 services. I, let me make sure I'm My right on that. My brain might explode. Service should be illegal. Yeah, yeah. And they <laughs> run, yeah, so they run 24-7, which is nice. Uh, frequency obviously goes to complete garbage during the night. But that's fine. Well, garbage is better than nothing. Rubbish. So it looks like <laughs> it looks like the St. Charles line has a maximum of twelve minute frequency. All right. The Respectable. Canal line has two, you know, branches each of which run twenty, so that's ten minute 10. frequency. Also respectable. The Loyola line looks like runs um, slightly less than twenty minute frequency. Oh. And then the canal line. Or not the canal line, the waterfront line or riverfront line, whatever it is. I cannot find on here. But I'm assuming it runs like 20 or something. Seems so, all right. not terrible. Yeah. You want to know what the ridership was pre-pandemic? For, for just the streetcars, what was it? 21,000 a day. On a system that is da -da 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 -da, 22 miles long in the heart of an urban core of a city. It's like a thousand per mile. Like a relatively dense city as well. That's, that's, that's not a lot for the system size. Is this the, because it's cute, cutesy wootsy little old trolleys? Well, we'll get there. Um, also, a lot of it is inaccessible. And unlike the New York subway, they don't have excuses. Well, they do, and that excuse is Mardi Gras. Because, because they shut down the streetcars during Mardi Gras. Mm hmm And Why? so the street, entire street has to be flat for the massive parades to go over. And so we couldn't possibly have level boarding for wheelchairs because that would disrupt the flow of the parade. 
that's that's the excuse. That is the reason that there is not, you know. And, you know, some lines are accessible. That Some of the newer red cars are rebuilt to have, you know, like accessibility ramps and crap. But, like, the St. Charles line is just mostly not. And it's the longest one and the highest ridership one. It's a pretty weak sauce excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not great. Um, yeah. This is going to be very controversial because people think that the reason people ride streetcars in New Orleans is because they are cutesy in heritage and not the, because they provide a decent transit service. The New Orleans Regional Transit Authority seems to think so as well. Yes. It is my opinion that you should put the museum cars in a museum where they belong. Whoa. Purchase modern light rail vehicles. Put up some actual, like, you know. Like, like if you look at the St. Charles line, like, like, like let's go to Google, Google Maps real quick, our best friend here at the Red Line Podcast. <laughs> the St. Charles line, if you look at it from above, it is just a modern street running light rail alignment. Like, not, like, you know, sharing with cars or whatever. Like, like, let, let's, let's, let's have a look Here we go. We're on St. Charles Avenue, right? We have, in the middle of the street, the whole entire line Whoa. is basically a modern median running light rail line, except for the fact that it has A, no platforms, and B, run streetcars that are, like, 100 years old. I can, hmm. I can see this. The same, like, like... I, and the stops are just absurdly frequent. Like, you know, look at that. That's every <laughs> two of their blocks. Like, every two of our blocks is pretty close. But these stops are, you know, 600 feet apart. So hmm. it's <laughs> slow and inaccessible and falling apart. They're, it's not falling apart. Because uh, they're well-maintained. Because they're well-maintained museum streetcars. <laughs> but, but, yeah. It's just that it's stop just spacing completely distance. absurd to me. Like I understand the historical value of that. Six hundred feet between stops. Do we- what Muni does. Run modern light rail vehicles over your alignment, and then if you're having a special event, you can bring out all the old heritage streetcars you keep in reserve. Yep. Have a cutesy wootsy streetcar day. Like like every. Heritage, like every every legacy light rail network in the country, does this. It's just UTA's modern bus routes have a less dense stop spacing than this. Yes, UTA's regular bus routes have a less dense stop spacing than this. I know, and <laughs> like, it's just it's just not good, guys. Like, I understand the value of a heritage streetcar, but you're really just completely limiting yourself in what you can do in terms of transit here because. Your technology is stuck in the 1800s. You're running a whole, like, you know, basically what is a two and a half line light rail system as a heritage streetcar for no reason. So you're running it very slowly and it's inaccessible. Like, I understand the value of historic preservation. That's great. There are more important things. (gasps) Like, you can keep the waterfront line as a historic streetcar because it doesn't go anywhere and nobody rides it. But you need to make an accessible user experience and a good user experience that is not, you know, just predicated on the idea that everyone rides this because it's heritage. So many stops. There's so many stops. Like, (laughs) just stop. It's my opinion, and I'm sure I'm going to get lambasted for this in terms of, like, you know, New Orleansers or whatever. I don't know what what the denonym is, but for, like, oh, it's our 
you know, streetcar, it's a heritage thing. Well, great. More people would ride it if it was modernized. Period. Yep. Because then it would not suck. And the heritage is more in the root and the fact that it's been running since the dawn of time right, than like, in the fact that the cars are old as crap. Like, you look at railways that have been running since, like, the early 1800s in, like, the United Kingdom. They're not running steam locomotives. They run steam locomotives on old branch lines that aren't needed anymore, and that's their heritage railway, not on vital pieces of urban transportation infrastructure. Just build stops that have nice little pictures and like, this is history the, facts. <laughs> and this is the equivalent of everyone having to drive Model T's on a modern expressway because... Heritage. Because heritage. Because our past... Because this is the first turnpike in America, and even though it's now been modernized into a, you know, 16-lane giga highway, <laughs> only Model T's can drive on it. That sounds <sighs> pretty cool. I mean, yes, but like... <laughs> Not practical. But yeah. I just feel as though New Orleans is severely limiting, like the modal share that they could be getting out of this, the utility that people could be getting out of this by continuing to run everything as a heritage streetcar. So would they have to take the line off of the historical places? I don't think so. Because it would still be a historical place. It's still historical. It's not like a building. It's like some tracks in the ground. Right, like Mm -hmm. the tracks in the catenaries are the historic part. And so you modernize those in there. Wow, look at how our history has evolved. They should sell rose-colored glasses that (laughs) make the modern light rail vehicles look like the cutesy... That could 100% be an app. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do an AR thing or something. But, like, it just seems completely ridiculous to me, and I don't... Maybe keep every other stop for for the old (laughs) streetcars, then make normal stops, (sighs) and then... Seriously, cut, like, two-thirds of these stops. once a year, bring them out, do use the other stops, yeah. have fun. Just... Fun day. I just... Fun yeah, streetcar day. They need to... Yeah. That... It's just kind of unacceptable at this point that you're trying to run... Um, I picked a segment on St. Charles and the average running speed is like nine miles an hour. Yeah. It could be twice that. It, nine oh, miles It better? could be... Yeah, twice that easily. Maybe more of some work, but twice that easily. Jeez. Like, easily. 18 miles an hour, you have, like, a full, like, rapid transit service through the coolest and, like, some of the denser parts of the city. And you can have higher capacity, better accessibility. And you will get more ridership. From you can have enough vehicles to run higher frequency. Yeah. Through the so magic of buying them. It's just not... I, I'm not a fan of this continued idea that we have to operate things as heritage for the sake of them being old. The bike time between streetcar stops should not be lower than the streetcar time between streetcar stops. Right. Let me just say that. Right. Like, you know, even the S-Line manages that. So, <laughs> anyway, there's my big opinion on New Orleans' streetcars. They should be modernized. They are cutesy and fun, though, so I guess that's something. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else have an opinion to offer on this? Or can we move to the Patreon episode? No, I think that's a good opinion Yeah. to end on. And okay. If you want to listen to the Patreon episode, join our Patreon. Yeah, join our Patreon. We have now two Patreon-exclusive episodes. Yeah. And we will have more in the future. And you get early access to all episodes as well as, you know, merch, theoretically, someday. <laughs> you can talk yeah. to us. And you can ask us questions, and we'll do answers to them. Fun questions. 
So Zach Adams has asked, but also, and ignore this if you've already answered it, which are y'all's favorite transit lines that you've ridden or exist? Because I will, I will do both. How about that? Let's do do both. both. Let's start with what we've written. Yeah. Um, The red line. Weak. Clearly this line. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, Actually, probably front runner. I very much enjoy front runner. Uh, it's a very pleasant riding experience. Yeah, I've been to New York, so New York. What have you ridden? What is your favorite line you've ridden in? Ooh, yeah, um, let me look. Let, let me look it up. Okay, because my favorite transit line that exists is oh, probably the Morgantown PRT. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, all. It always comes back because to it's the hashtag not like uh, other automated metro systems. That's right. Because it's just unique and it's cool, and there's nothing like it in the entire world, really. So, which I guess yeah. is what unique means. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. Mm. You know, I'm I'm picking the out of the ones I've written the red line in Salt Lake because it has it has the nice newer trains, unlike the blue line, and it's a much better routing than the green line or the S line. This is true. I think. That when we go on our spring break trip, yeah. that my favorite line is going to become like either a Muni line or a Bart line. And we'll Understandable. See. Or maybe a Max line, but I doubt that because Max lines are kind of slow. Well, I would like to ride Post Tunnel Max. That'd be nice. That would be an easy new favorite. Post Tunnel Blue Line Max would be a very good line. I agree. Mm. Alex <laughs> just has Manhattan pulled up on the map, and he's wow, like, great. "Wow, great! That's only twenty-four subway services." Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. Oh, look at this graph. Just say the one train and have done with it. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I don't know what train it was. Whatever one goes to the One World Trade Center. Just one goes there? No, there's like four or five. Okay, anyway, (laughs) whatever. The New York subway. Let's let's just say the red line in Portland. There you go. I thought you didn't like riding the red line. You said it was slow. It was so, but I liked it the more. Post, the post-tunnel <laughs> red line in Portland. Ah, yes, I, which will also be a light metro line. Portland's current red and blue lines versus our red and blue lines. Oh, I don't know, because the quality of the places that are connected to the Portland red and blue <laughs> line is significantly higher than yeah. the quality of places, except the University of Utah, which is lovely. And my yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like... That that's a hard question because the quality of Portland's urban fabric is higher than ours in a lot of respects. Okay, so better places on the trains. What about like the actual route? Like, I will say that the West Side Max, the blue, the west half of the Blue Line, is very good and fast and great, and it goes in a tunnel under a mountain, which is cool. This is cool. A, a twin bore tunnel and the deep, yeah, twin bore tunnel. It's not single track like <laughs> I previously was led to believe. Um, <laughs> And it has the deepest subway station in North America. Yeah. On on two 15-minute light rail lines. Oh, no. Um, How do you think their downtown section compares with ours? In terms of speed? Well, in terms of speed and quality of the ride and the pedestrian experience around oh, the, pedestrian, the trains. The experience around the trains in Portland is definitely better. <laughs> that makes sense. But the quality of actually trying to get through downtown on the train is markedly worse because it's very slow. Even, our, even though ours is already slow. Like it, it's like averages like eight miles an hour through downtown. Ugh. So, 
Yeah, it's slow. Yeah. Uh, I would like to ascend the red line in Portland oh. and just go for the link in Seattle. <gasps> yeah, you have written the link. It's actually my favorite. The Seattle Metro subway link light rail train? No, just the Seattle link that could have been light metro if they had simply grade separated one section and done high floor trains. Yep. Again with the bloody low floor trains. Low floor trains suck. I don't know why we're so obsessed with them. They're good if you're literally running on the street yeah, on the lines that are 100 years car. old. But, like, if you're building a brand new, mostly grade-separated rapid transit line, it's supposed to be your even regional o- spine. Even our S-line should have high floors. No, the S-line shouldn't have high floors. Yes, it should. In its current form, it should not. I disagree. Ooh. School. Sorry. Why are you saying he's right? I think I'm right. High floor better Because he likes me better than you. Oh, ouch. I... I <laughs> Even the person that works <laughs> at UTA? Ah, <laughs> yeah, checkmate. I, I, I trust the oh, UTA right. employee. So. Okay, so what's your favorite transit line that exists? Baltimore Metro Subway Link, the Morgantown PRT, the Cleveland Red Line, uh, New York. I, I'm just going to go with uh, any train in England. That is true. <laughs> Fair. The Liz, the Liz I, Line. I'm going to go with my heritage and say England. Fair. Fair. Um, insert your favorite automated light metro. So you like SkyTrain is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I do Respectable. like SkyTrain. I like platform screen doors and high frequencies. I do like those things. Although SkyTrain doesn't have platform screen doors. They just have lasers between the tracks and the platform uh, so that if you go over it, the trains stop. Hey, like, lasers are cool. I yeah. can get behind lasers. I mean, I would think you, you'd want both, but I guess that works. <laughs> lasers. This is true. Yeah. So anyway, there's our very long-winded explanation of our favorite transit lines. Yeah, thanks. Uh, do your favorite bus line in Salt Lake City real quick. 17. 17. I like the the 455. I have a mixed and unhappy relationship with most of them. <laughs> the 21 is occasionally useful, but generally slower and less reliable than the red line. The 200 is occasionally like useful. That's the point of a rapid transit line. The 200 <laughs> is occasionally useful, but not consistent or reliable. Um, the 2 hasn't run on a schedule for a while, <laughs> Ever. quite a while. Ever since I started writing it, it's never yeah, had a schedule. Bloody hell. The 1 fails to provide the extra frequency benefit it was supposed to with the 2 between downtown and the university and is also failing to run on much of a schedule. They do get hella ridership, though, the 1 and the 2. Yeah. I'm going to say the 200. 200. I'm not, not going to be happy about it. I'm just going to say that. My other favorite bus is the 871. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, you always have the funny ones. I like you. the 871. Because yeah. it's yeah. a funny one. Yeah, and it's like the only like non coach bus that goes on the freeway consistently. Scary. Like, how the hell is that safe? It's perfectly safe. No seatbelts, no airbag. I, well, well, yeah, but if the bus hits something, the, the well, bus is going to come out on the better side. Well, unlike yeah. cars, bus, the crushed buses are designed not to crush. Oh. Yes, yeah, so you just get thrown through the windshield. Yeah, like, it's not a school <laughs> bus where you, like, or a coach bus where you hit the seat in front of you. It's a low-floor transit bus that's meant to go, like, 40 tops. <laughs> like, this thing should not be on the freeway. I mean, to be fair, cars shouldn't be on the freeway because you're if somebody in a car is going to die in a high-speed crash, too. Mm-hmm. Not just the bus riders, but... Yeah. <sighs> oh. Scary. Yeah. Anyway, oh. as a final reminder, we do know what Lezo means now. Thank you for reminding us. Yeah, or mm-hmm. shouldn't you be better at French... Oh, oui. pardonnez-moi, je, j'ai parlé français par un an et un uh, frick, what's half? 
Sí. Sí. Moi aussi. Moi aussi. Sí. Oui. Nous avons parlé le français pas de temps, mais pardonnez-nous. Do. What's your français? I lied. I did French for Oh. Il est faux. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think Alex needs to catch 17. So yeah. shall we break? Uh, take yeah. this card with you. No. No, that should stay here. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to catch oh, my favorite Canada. <laughs> our home and native land. That is true. True patriot love. In all of us command Glorious we see the rise What? That's a good point. I'm amused. Okay, I'm going to do the French one now. What is our Patreon episode about this time? Uh, well, we have to finish this episode first. Well, I figured well, we'd add. Oh, you want to put it in right? the episode? Yeah. Uh, our first episode was about what was it about? Well, what's the new one about? Oh, it was the new <laughs> one is about weird elevated transit of the world (parentheses United States). We're going to be talking about people movers downtown, of which there are three. Cool. Which I will not tell you because that will be spoiling the episode, which you should give us money for. So our current patrons who enable us to do cool things in the future. At Frontrunner tier, $10 a month, we have Curtis Herring, Mike Christensen, Phobos2390, and Zach Adams. At $5 a month, we have our Redline tier with Brian Smith, Christopher Whaley, Jacob Whitecotton, and Robert P. Walsh. Um, Blue Line, $3, we have Just Cause, Ben Busath, DJ Will Watkins, I will. Ethan McDonald, Jack Dean, John Heron Gorman, Martin Ecker Martinez, Old Trolley, Scott Harris, and Seth. Um, how many Patreons do list. we have now? Eighteen? Yes. Uh, that is enough to fill one parentheses, one steady room at the University of Utah. Yeah, what's the fire code limit on this thing? <laughs> About, like, ten normally. Yeah. But, you know, you totally fit you pack them in, we're doing crush load. <laughs> <laughs> so, bye. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>